This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The Senior Bowl is concluded, and the Super Bowl, Jeremy Betts, is upon us. It is the Steelers' fix. Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts back with you again this week with a fine episode. We are looking really forward to this one. Now, we don't have any special interviews for you today, but we are excited about the topics. We have Super Bowl week. It is upon us, and we also have the Senior Bowl, Jeremy, which is a huge part of the NFL pre-draft process. And we saw a lot of eye-opening things this past week. But first and foremost, how are you doing? I am great. I love Super Bowl week, even if the Steelers aren't in it, which has been the case for the last long time. (laughs) Uh, You know, it is still so much fun to uh, be on the precipice of a championship game. And uh, especially with, with this one coming up, you've got two teams that deserve to be there. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. It's, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, you know, have we seen the Eagles at at their highest level in these playoffs? I don't know. Have we seen the Chiefs at theirs? I don't know. But they're both there, and uh, it's going to be a good game. And then, yes, the Senior Bowl, um, I thought several players uh, did a lot for their stock this week. There were more good performances than bad performances uh, and you kind of saw some guys start to separate. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get into all that for sure. And uh, you know, for for all the hype the combine gets and for all the hype the pro days get, uh, you know, as fans, we should spend we should pay way more attention uh to this game, the Shrine Bowl, other all-star games in pads, these guys on the field. I mean, these are all gonna be NFL players by the end of uh you know, by the end of, of this off season, for the most part, you'll, you'll have a few that don't make it um, or that are priority free agents. But um, as a general rule, these guys are going to be in, in the NFL. And if these guys are standing out above the rest, then you, you can really tell uh, what you're going to get. So forget the underwear Olympics for now. Let's talk about these games and, and see who's standing out here. Well, before we get into the actual prospects, we do need to get into real quickly the Super Bowl. Now, again, the Steelers are not in it, but Jeremy had the Eagles going to the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year, and I had the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. So we've got to at least discuss, you know, are there any things that we need to be looking for in this game, Jeremy? Are there any future Steelers maybe playing in this game? Do we see a return of Javon Hargrave or Juju Smith-Schuster to the team Mm. next year? What should Steelers fans be watching for? And just for the plain enjoyment of the game, since this this impacts the entire NFL. Who do you got in this game? Yeah, it really does. Uh, You know, I I have the Eagles in this game. I just think that they're they're the roster that was built to win the Super Bowl this year. And you could make the case that the team they beat in the NFC championship game, the 49ers was that team as well, potentially because of the, 
cast that they had put together offensively and defensively, just the depth there, but injuries to the quarterback position got them. Jalen hurts playing really good football, um, being smart with the football, I think is, is not being sold enough, uh, as to why he's being, he's been so good this year. Um, you know, he's not, he's not going to wow you with the throws like Patrick Mahomes does. Right. Um, the scrambling obviously is there, his, his ability in the run game, but just, he's smart with the football and he's been in big time games before. I think that's what you got to look at here is like, I don't think that there's a quarterback advantage in Kansas city. Um, as far as experience goes, Jalen hurts has been in these big games. He's come off the bench and won a national championship. He's been benched to win a national championship. So, uh, he's, he's seen both, um, you know, and he's just on the rise. I think this Philadelphia Eagles team is built to, to beat up on other teams. And I think that the, the chiefs, despite having Chris Jones on, on the defensive line and despite being maybe the best interior group of offensive line guys, uh, in the league, um, they're going to meet their match with a defensive line and, and a defensive front that put up 70 plus sacks in the regular season. I know it's a 17 game season, but still that's impressive. Uh, I think that's the most since the 1985 bears. And, uh, so you've got to look at that. Um, and, I'm focused on the Eagles a little bit here because they were my pick. They were my pick to get to the Super Bowl and kind of saw this in the offseason is kind of how they were built. And um, Javon Hargrave, man, I'd love to see him back in the black and gold, but I think they'd have to pay a lot of money to do it. So I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, I'll say this. I hope uh, as he enters free agency this year, it's with a Super Bowl ring with Philadelphia. Does Nick Sirianni pull a Nick Saban if Jalen Hurts struggles and bring in Gardner? Uh, I don't think that happens. Nah. But that would be an interesting storyline. <laughs> yeah, bench to win a national championship, bench to win a Super Bowl. That would be an incredible storyline. But not yeah. that I'm propo- that's not not that I want that to happen in any sort of fashion. Eagles I, are zero two without uh, Eagles yeah. are zero two without Hurts. So I don't. Yeah. I don't think there's any world. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see that happening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, well, I will say this though. I'm just glad that these are the two teams that are in it. I didn't want San Francisco in it. I didn't want Cincinnati no. in it. So no. as a fan, I'm just looking forward to this game. Andy Reed going against the team that he used to coach who still Great runs story. some of the concepts that he created. It's going to be an interesting game to see. I, my gut is telling me Eagles win, hmm. but I don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah. and since I picked Kansas city at the beginning of the year, I'm going to stick with that. There you go. But uh, honestly, you know, I'm I'm gonna be happy for Philadelphia if they win too. I've got a friend who's a big Eagles fan, and uh, their passionate fan base, just like Pittsburgh, you know, yeah. the the city of Pennsylvania is full of passionate fans, and that's not the case everywhere you go. Yeah, uh, PA is a is a state of football fanatics, and uh, you know, if the, if the West can't win it, maybe the East is okay. You know, yeah. you know, that's probably not the sentiment most Steelers fans have. Uh, kill those birds out East, but, uh, you know, it's, it is what it is. They're in the NFC. Um, you can't hate them as much as, as most other teams in the league. I was talking with a friend the other day about different fan bases and just like how they're so different in the way they cheer. And then you have some fan bases that are just, they're good fans, but they're just, you know, they're not as diehard as some other fan bases. You know, the Indianapolis Colts are a team that come to mind, you know, I agree. I was thinking them. I love the Colts. I love the Colts um, organization. You know, I've, I've been in their stadium. I was at the Combine 2019. Great stadium, great atmosphere. But their fans, you know, you sit down and talk to a fan. They're, they're talking about Peyton Manning and Reggie Wade. And yeah. talking about, you know, oh, yeah, that was great. You know, they're bringing all their Manning and Andrew Luck jerseys to the stadium. They don't yeah. have jerseys of any active players on their team. Right. It's just, you know, 
we're having a good time out there. Which, you know, if that's your thing, hey, good for you. But I'm right. glad that I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and I think Jeremy agrees as oh, yeah. well. Let's move into the topic of today's show, and that is the Senior Bowl. And, Jeremy, I'm still going through uh, all the tape from the week. Um, I haven't yeah. gotten through it entirely. Um, but first look, let's get into some superlatives. What is your lead superlative that you came w- up with yeah. after watching this week's action? So after watching practices, after watching the games, or the game, uh, you've got to talk about the, the guys up front. And so my superlative is the trenches are deep in this ocean of draft talent in 2023. So uh, the trenches, um, you've got a group of guys, and we didn't even see some of the high-end group, um, Jalen Carter, Brian, Breesey, uh, guys like that weren't weren't even up there uh, or down there in Mobile. But uh, you had a group, um, uh, Zach Pickens, uh, uh, who's the guy that the Steelers met with this this last week um that was talked about early on in the week it was um small school guy for some reason my the name is slipping me right now but Same as it here. pertains like the pickens pickens i'm not saying this because the steelers have a pickens but he seems like a steelers tight pick super athletic guy uses his hands well as feisty yep. down low guy who has some versatility maybe like I, i'm not at the point where the steelers i feel the steelers need to address uh, three, four defensive end yet. I still think Cameron Hayward has enough left in him for the Steelers sure. not to address that yet. And you have Leal coming back. Um, but Pickens is a guy that, man, if he can blossom, he's got all the talent in the world. Yeah. And, and Keanu Benton's the guy I was thinking of yes, as well, yes, who's heavy hands, plays good football, uh, good technique, uh, sets low, drives well. Um, those guys were impressive. But then the interior O line guys as well. Um, and the tackles, I thought, played overall pretty good especially the left side um and then you have a couple a couple centers that look like they're nfl ready prospects as well um we'll get into some of those later but just you know we were kind of thinking this is the case uh, across the board that your your front seven on on defense and then your your front five on offense we're we're kind of looking at some of the better units in this draft class i think we're seeing that for sure um play out throughout the first or throughout the senior bowl. Um, these, some of these guys who've been in systems for a little bit, you can, you can tell um, that they are, that they're picking up where they left off from, from their college careers. They're going to play well at the pros. It's a deep class. I can't disagree with that. I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball. Look at the skill positions mm. running back. We already talked about how it's strong tight end. I thought it was going to be a good class. I heard the people were saying it was great. I, I'm getting closer to that yeah. point. I'm not there yet, but this is a very strong tight end class, no matter which way you look at it, relatively speaking. And quarterback is garbage. <laughs> talking up this class yeah. for both top heavy and depth. I'm not sure you have either. I mean, the one, maybe the biggest loser from this entire week, when you go from the Shrine Bowl to the Senior Bowl, is Will Levis. Yeah. Did not play in either of them, had the opportunity to play, doesn't play in either, still has concerns about durability, still has concerns about accuracy, decision-making. These events could have really helped him out, and he would have been able to shine yeah. compared to the rest of the quarterbacks. He really would have been able to make a mark. He hasn't. I don't think he's a lock to go inside the top 10 anymore. I think you have. I think there's a chance that Anthony Richardson goes ahead of him, even though he's so much of an unknown. He's younger, um, and you're going to have a chance to – Well. 
obviously they should both have a chance to be able to play at the combine, but that brings up another concern with Levis giving up opportunities like that. Does he not feel that he needs to show something? You know, I, I have some more concerns about Will Levis. Stroud is clearly my QB two now and not too far behind from Bryce Young. Um, but Levis now at one point it was, I was considering putting at QB one is falling a little bit on my board because of his, um, for whatever reason his unwillingness to play in these events. Yeah, I agree. Um, when you talk about the quarterback class, the I think the obvious best player this week was Jake Hayner, and uh, it was a mixed bag to say the say the least. And you had guys that we'll get into a little bit later that I thought would have a better week uh, in the Senior Bowl and show a little bit more uh, that were, I mean, just forgettable performances across the board. So uh, you do have an intriguing talent uh, again out of Louisville. Um, at the quarterback position that we'll talk about, but he had an up and down week as well. It wasn't, it wasn't like he was lighting up um, the stat sheets either. So yeah, for sure. Um, we want to get into some guys with some rising stock before we go to the break. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Let's start with a guy, Jeremy, that you mentioned and his name was mentioned throughout, especially specifically on Tuesday and Wednesday practices. Yeah. Really start off the week strong and let that carry over throughout the week. He just showed the best rapport with his quarterbacks and maybe yeah. any receiver there. And that's Michael Wilson from Stanford. What stood out to you about him? Yeah. So Wilson, um, you, you watch the, the film from the week and he stands out uh, running routes. He stands out um, high pointing the football, uh, getting open, making catches. Uh, but then if you just go if you just go search the web for um, senior bowl winners and losers, he's in basically every article's winners category. And so you gotta just stop and, and just look at it again. And and you're talking about a guy with with decent size, uh, pretty good speed. Um he's not gonna like wow you with the speed, but he's got enough to be able to work the work over the top. And I just think that he he's a well-rounded receiver. And uh, so definitely um, there's some injury concerns with him. Uh, he had some injury issues at Stanford. Um, didn't get to play as much this year as, as he would have hoped. Um, but maybe, you know, that's something that keeps a guy like him uh, like George Pickens last year. And I'm not saying he's George Pickens uh, in skill level, but um, you know, kept George Pickens from going in the first round was the injuries Probably what's lowered Wilson's stock a little bit has been the injuries as well. He looked really good this week. I just thought uh, overall a fluid mover and and a guy who who finishes at the catch point. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. His counterpart from Stanford, we're going to get into a little bit later in the show, who did not do so well at the wide receiver position. But one guy I want to talk about real quick is Tajay Spears, a guy who all throughout the yeah. week, we knew that he had speed. But, Woo. you know what? The man had a bunch of carries this year for Tulane. He carried yeah. that offense. Uh, they had other weapons on the, the team, but nobody could contain him as a runner. Wasn't utilized that much as a receiver. And you think, you know, he's, you know, that mold where he's just going to be a natural third down back. There were concerns that people had about, you know, his third down ability just because he doesn't have that much experience catching the ball. Yeah. But he came out this week and did just about everything he possibly could. I remember one play, I believe it was uh, Wednesday practice, is uh, – Pass blocking, got blown up. Next play comes back, wins the next rep. He has a short-term memory. He just gets back in there. I mean, he got blown up bad, but he stuck in there and finished the drive very strong. And one of those drives toward the end of practice had a big run. Um, he did everything that you wanted him to do. He's got vision. He's got agility, quickness. 
Um, and he has the tenacity to hang in there and fight as a blocker, which is something I think teams like weighted a little bit heavier than what was expected. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be a three down back in the NFL, but I can guarantee there's going to be some team out there that's going to look at him in the same mold that made the Jets did a Michael Carter and some of these guys and say, Hey, well, there's, we have a role for him. And I, I think Spears honestly has a little bit more upside long-term than Carter yeah. does with the Jets. Uh, but Tajay Spears is the guy who caught my eye. I know that you have another running back that our listeners should be familiar with right. uh, that really caught your eye. Yeah. Um, first off on Spears, though, just a, another gear when he cuts it upfield. And yeah. you saw defenders in practice like, oh, wait, where'd he go? You know, like this is this ain't flag football. But if it was flag football, I mean, good grief. They, they wouldn't have even had touch a play his, today in the Pro yeah, Bowl games. That's right. They wouldn't even touch his flags. He He was gone before they could they could think about wrapping up, but yeah, Eric gray uh, from Oklahoma, you know, he only had, uh, I had it a little bit ago. I think it was, it was less than like 40 yards rushing in the game. But if you watch him play, man, he is like an animal at the point of contact and his contact balance is great. All these things that he told us about in our interview that, um, we should watch for with him uh, his ability to make defenders miss and and to uh, work through contact and kind of be a, an all-purpose back. I think you saw that and you know he's not going to run away from you, but if if you try to square him up uh, and and you're one on one, you better hope you got the cavalry coming because he's going to make you miss or he's going to make it really really hard for you to bring him down. So uh, I thought a good week from from our boy Eric Gray. Uh, shout out to the Oklahoma man who uh, was on the show a couple weeks ago. If you haven't heard that interview, go check it out. And DeMarco Murray, we've talked about this before. He was the perfect coach for a guy like Eric Gray. The only thing that Gray doesn't have that DeMarco Murray does was like elite, elite speed. Yeah. You know, and, and Eric Gray is not a slow back by any means. He may run a sub four or five, but doesn't have quite the same speed that DeMarco Murray did. But in every other facet, of the game, they're so similar from size to play style to decisiveness. You just see DeMarco Murray's fingerprints and the impact that he's had on Gray's game. Um, do a couple more before we get to the break. We already mentioned Jake Hainer, so I'm not going to waste time on him, but definitely the most accurate quarterback throughout the week. Um, yeah. Definitely the most poised. Um, Adetamiwa Adabor, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Adabor. Um, the edge rusher, is that right? Kind of an edge rusher who can slide inside and play defensive tackle as well from yeah. Northwestern. Doesn't have ideal length, but he is feisty. He keeps the legs churning. He keeps them moving. Um, he's just a tenacious player. He fights. Uh, you know, he just got that motor and teams like that. You know, I think of a team like New England. They've drafted a lot of guys that don't have ideal, maybe height, ideal length, but they put him in a certain role and make them near pro bowlers. Yeah. You know, I, and I really think that this is, that would be an ideal fit for out of war. Uh, but what is your thoughts on maybe some of these other linebackers slash, I know out of is kind of defensive lineman, yeah. but I know you have another linebacker who showed some ability to even rush the passer from the interior. Uh, but you have another yeah. linebacker you'd like to mention. Yeah. Aubrey Miller jr. From Jackson state. Uh, you know, when you look at him like on the field, he, he doesn't look that imposing of a player. He's a little smaller. I think he's uh, under six foot. I think he weighs less than 240. Uh, he's a little stockier built than some like uh, Owen Papo. Um, or no, no, no. Who's the one from Cincinnati? It's uh, um, uh, Ivan, Ivan Pace, Pace, right? Yeah. Uh, he's a little stockier than Ivan Pace. They're, they're similar size players. 
Um, but uh, but Miller's a little more built. But man, I don't know if you watched like just from the first play of the game, you saw him uh at his best when he tracked down the play and just blew up Hall uh in closing from behind and just just a violent tackler but a sure tackler i thought he played well uh i thought he forced some pressure up the middle um and like you said uh, a good blitzer he i think thought he recognized plays well uh as well and you know for a young guy like that for a guy who played at a small school coming up against some guys from the bigger schools that's what you want to see and yes he's undersized but he's going to fly to the ball uh i think he's going to be a a plus special teamer very early in his career. And that that's all you really need to get hooked on with a team and then show your stuff from there. So um, Pittsburgh's got a lot of needs to address, but if they want to wait on linebacker, I think they can get somebody like an Aubrey Miller um, uh, early on day three, something middle of day three, something along those lines and, and find it, find a guy who can, who can be a contributor on defense. There were a lot of guys like that, the senior bowl too this week that were just, there, there, there's. I'm not a huge fan of the depth of this class, but what I will say is that even though we may not see as many starters emerge from this class in the later rounds, we're going to see some guys that are still going to be role players, really good backups. And I think that you're going to see a lot of those specifically from the linebacker class. It's not a strong class at the top, and there's not a lot of depth. But the guys that are kind of in that back end that get forgotten, they're going to be decent role players in the NFL. Yeah. They're going to be quality special teamers that can develop into a you know, number three, number four linebackers and make a difference for their team. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get through the rest of these guys who improved their stock as well as get to a few guys who did not do so well and are trending in the wrong direction. You won't want to miss one second. So stay tuned. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And welcome back to the second half of the Steelers fix. Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts back with you again. We're going through these senior bowl risers, Jeremy. Yep. Let's get to a couple offensive linemen that you have. Tell us about the linemen that caught your eye this week. Yeah, John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota. Uh, I thought, along with many others, that he was the best offensive lineman at the Senior Bowl. Um, He's a day-one starter at center, and the Steelers don't necessarily need a day-one starter at center, but uh, Mason Cole, uh, to me, feels like more of a fill at that position while they uh, try to find somebody who can come in and and be a – be their next Marquise Pouncey. I think of all the guys in this class, John Michael Schmitz could be that type of player uh, fairly quickly in his career. And then um, a guy you've mocked to the Steelers, uh, actually, in your first overall mock draft, um, Cody Mock from uh, North Dakota State. Um, I really liked him at left guard at the Senior Bowl. I thought he was 
uh, a pile mover. I thought he was tenacious, uh, has a nasty demeanor. Uh, Steelers fans would fall in love with him quick uh, if he became a member of this team. And if he is there, I don't know if he will be after his week here, but if he's there at pick 32 for the Steelers, you know, that's intriguing to me. If, if they decide to go cornerback or something else with their first pick, uh, it's going to be interesting if he's there, but man alive, he could be uh, his versatility as well. Uh, he could start, I think, and be better than either of the Steelers options at left tackle or left guard uh, moving into 2023. Yeah. It's really interesting to see how versatile mock was, you know, now we do have the pronunciation as mock, not mouch. Like I was been saying <laughs> for the past month. Sometimes you gotta uh, get it from the, from the guys in the booth, but I will say though, that belly look reminded so much of um, Quinn Maynard's a couple of years ago and stuff. Yeah. Just like, does not look like the guy that you would think of to be an athletic offensive lineman, but he, he, does he put together an impressive week. Yes, he did. So, uh, Going on to a couple other risers, the guy who I think Steelers fans need to pay the biggest attention to, again, this is not saying I don't want the Steelers to bring back Terrell Edmonds, but in the event we didn't, yeah. Sidney Brown is a name to watch. Yes, he is. I have mentioned, I this is not, I, please don't call out blasphemy here, but <laughs> I've mentioned Troy Palomalu's name in the same breath as Sidney Brown, not just because of Ooh. you know the hair that they can that they have. Sidney Brown is a little bit shorter. He only measured in at 5'10", which was a little bit shorter than what he was listed as. Not the biggest strong safety in the world, but athletic in every facet. He's got speed. He can jump. He can rush the passer. And, you know, some of his ability to rush the passer, we've kind of lost the strong safeties in the NFL who just have that natural ability to rush the passer. Like Troy was so athletic. Uh, I mean, he'd jump over a lineman. He'd do whatever. Yeah, he I don't so think good. Cindy Brown's going to be jumping over a lineman in the NFL, um, especially with how the, some of the rules have changed about that because yeah. of Troy Palomalu. <laughs> but I do think that there are a lot of similarities and it's not to say he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer or anything like this, but the he is so smooth in coverage yeah. He, there there was one play, I think I saw one play throughout the week that I was not impressed with. And it is he took a bad tackling angle. Yes. He just kind of got overblown by a bigger uh, player. But he flies to the football. He breaks up passes. He has such a good sense of like, even if he gets there just a touch late, mm-hmm. he knows where the ball is. He fights for it from the receivers in their hands. He His hands are so active. And it's such a weird analogy to you know to talk about when you're talking about like a cornerback you don't evaluate no how active is his hands as he's down the field because usually we're like we don't want to be too active with the hands that's probably means grabbing a receiver (laughs) but you know when he's back there good yeah he is doing whatever he can to fight for that football once the ball is out of the air in the possession of the receiver he's doing whatever he can to knock that thing loose and he plays with that same tenacity and aggressiveness that troy played with and yeah. it just is, gave me really good vibes to see him this week um, and have the week that he did. Love Sidney Brown. I'm going to have a day two grade on him more than likely. Um, still a little raw in some facets, but he's got a lot of upside. One of my favorite strong safeties in this class. He's um, a he's a missile, man. He reminds yeah. me of Bob Sanders a little bit, a uh, former Colts safety that was really good. Just a missile. All over the place. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. all over the place. We mentioned Zach Pickens, mentioned Malik Cunningham, kind of a mixed bag, but there's one guy that you wanted to really talk about yeah. here, and that is 
you know, we talk about one corner from the school who could go in the first round. Yeah. But there was a time not that long ago, the Steelers were scouting a certain NFL draft prospect. I believe it was from Ole Miss. They were scouting him and then they came away and saw Mike Hilton and yeah. they're like, Hey, this guy kind of caught our eye. Yeah. Same thing happened with Eli Rogers. The year he came out, they were out scouting another receiver that went higher that year. Was that the year of Devonte Parker? It, I believe so. It might've been, correct, yeah. I want to say, I don't, I'll try to look that up, but I remember Eli Rogers not being the guy that was really paying attention to, but the Steelers kind of caught their eye. It was like, man, yep. this guy's actually not too bad. We should give, a, we should take a flyer on him. And the Steelers end up grabbing Eli Rogers. What yeah. are your thoughts on South Carolina cornerback, not the one we typically think of. Not Cam Smith. Uh, Darius Rush, who had a really good senior bowl week. If anybody had a really good senior bowl week, it was it was Darius Rush. And uh he was he was glue on, on these receivers. He was running routes for receivers. Um he knew their tells, he knew their uh their their routes. He it just was like he was in the offensive huddle. And when you look at a guy like, uh, like Rush, who I believe is like, I think he's like six foot or five eleven or something like that, uh, one ninety six, just under two hundred, well built guy. Uh, he's not going to blow you away with his size. I think he's actually six foot one, if I remember correctly. Is he? Arm, is he tall? His his arm length came in, I believe, at thirty three inches, which was incredible. Oh wow! For yeah. a corner of that, you know, length, not incredibly tall, but as yeah. decent size, but the length. Um, of the arms. That was yeah. the one thing that I was going to mention, but go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you talk about recovery speed with some of these corners. You talk about, um, you know, their ability to, it, even if they get beat a little bit to, uh, to make up for it, he didn't need any of that because he was, he was in their hip pocket the whole time. And even during the game played a really good game. I think he elevated his play over some of the other corners that were there and kind of all that to say this, it's not going to be the end of the world if the Steelers miss out on this first wave of corners necessarily in, in the draft this year, uh, they can find a guy like a Darius rush on day two. Um, that, that could be a, a big asset to their team right away and could compete for starting snaps quickly. Now um, there there's rush. And then there's a guy who was not at the senior bowl. Um, that we'll talk about when we get into position groups a little bit more. Uh, and again, I'm struggling with his name. A lot of names going through my, my mind right now, uh, but he's got a lot of first round hype right now. And I'll try to look him up while Andrew talks about the next group of players, but uh, all that to say the second group of corners, keep your eye on those guys too, because there's some good players there. Uh, so if the Steelers miss out on Joey Porter jr. Or Christian Gonzalez or something like that in the first round, don't be too disheartened because there's some guys that they can get later on. Absolutely. And I did look it up. Devontae Parker, that was the year. Devontae Parker, everyone was paying attention to Parker and not that many people really paid attention to um, Eli Rogers and the Steelers ended up grabbing Rogers. Could be a scenario where they do that with Cam Smith and uh, uh, Rush. But the last three, I'm just going to mention real quickly, Marte Mapu, uh, inside linebacker from Sacramento State. He His size is concerning because he's only like 217 pounds, but plays bigger than his size. And then two tight ends, Luke Musgrave from uh, Oregon State. It, he's going to run really well. He's going to test really well at the combine. 
big body, so hard to deal with. A little bit raw blocking, needs to get a little bit lower, get the pads lower. But overall, love his game, um, if he can stay healthy, that is. And Payne Durham, a guy I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to throughout the season, had several nice grabs in practice, really blew me away um, with his receiving ability um, throughout uh, practices, especially toward the end of the week on Wednesday and Thursday. That concludes, really, the guys that really caught my eye. Not a guy that, you know, just rose leaps and bounds outside of maybe like a Cody Mock, a guy who may yeah. now be in the first round uh, discussion. You know, we, I had him in Mach 1.0 as a first rounder, but not everyone did. I think that's kind of more consensus thing now. Yeah. Outside of him, there's not that many guys that, you know, had made some huge leap that we weren't expecting. However, we did have some guys that did take a turn for the worst. And Jeremy, do you want to mention a couple of the names of guys that, you know, you really were not impressed with this week? Yeah, absolutely. Before I do, the guy I was thinking of, Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami for at cornerback, who uh, is a guy that is going to rise up draft boards, I think, as well. Um, you know, six foot, 215. He's a big dude uh, and he can run. So, uh, you know, keep the second group of cornerbacks in your mind. Go watch some tape on these guys. There, there's a good group of them. But yeah, some guys that that struggled a little bit. Um, you and I both had uh, Blake Freeland out of BYU down. Um, I just think he got overpowered a lot. He he didn't set well. Uh, he doesn't move or his feet are not very active. I just thought he kind of had an underwhelming performance. Um, and then Max Duggan, who I thought, you know, in the pre-draft process would maybe kind of move himself up into the second tier behind the really good quarterbacks in the draft, you know, maybe move up there. Um, out of TCU uh, has continued some of his struggles from the, the college football playoff. And uh, I just think, you know, he he's lost some ground maybe potentially on some of these other guys that were there at the senior bowl. And uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to go undrafted, but probably a day three pick at this point. Yeah. Freeland especially is a guy that really struggled. He couldn't anchor. He gives up his chest too often. He's really high in the run game, which is understandable when you're six foot eight, but uh, a lot of issues. I don't think he goes any earlier than midday three. Um, We talked about the quarterback some, but Clayton tune was really passive. Didn't want to push the ball down the field and he doesn't have the quickest release. So when he did, it gave linebackers and safeties in the vicinity enough time to close in and make a play on the ball. Um, Elijah Higgins, we talked about Michael Wilson, who improved his stock. Yeah. Elijah Higgins was really disappointing. Very athletic guy, you know, six foot three, six foot four, two thirty. Yeah. Big dude. And, you know, has incredible speed. You know, he's almost a miniature version of Chase Claypool from an athletic standpoint. Too many body catches did not run routes well at all. Struggled to run routes badly. Very stiff in the hips. Um, did not like his game at all this week. And then Jalen Duncan is the other guy, another tackle. I was hoping we'd see some consistency. He had some good yeah. reps, but then he would have a couple bad ones. It's really just what we saw on tape with just the inconsistency. It's talented, but it's going to take the right team for him. Could the Steelers be it? Possibly. But I think the Steelers would be well suited to, you know, if they're going to take one, just take one in the first round and not go after um, a guy like Duncan. Do you have any last thoughts, Jeremy? Well, I just want to ask you real quick, if, if you had to pick, a guy on offense and a guy on defense from this group that you hope becomes a uh, a stealer in the draft. Do you have anybody that kind of stands out to you? Will McDonald's a guy I didn't mention because I mm. wasn't a fan of his tape, but man, he is so athletic. Um, Late round really, edge. Yeah. Edge from Iowa state. He had a great week. Yeah. Um, 
I would say on defense, Sidney Brown, and on offense, um, offense is so hard. It is. It's tough. It is really was not a great group, but I would I would probably go with Eric Gray if he happens to fall further than what I think. I would say Eric <laughs> Gray and then Sidney Brown on defense. What about yeah, you? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with uh with Mock. I think that you know, like I said, if they get him, if they could get him at 32, um, then that's a potential draft steal. Where would you play uh, him? At? I'd play him at guard to start probably, um, and then I I'd look at bringing in an, a tackle uh, in the in free agency. Uh, and then on off or on defense, um, that's where it's been a little tougher for me. But I, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Rush because I just think he plays well. I think he plays a Steeler brand of football. He can play zone and man. Uh, he would be a guy I'd like on this team. Well, Steelers fans, we're out of time, but we will see you next week on another edition of the Steelers Fix. Be sure to check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for your one stop. It's your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, and check us out on Twitter at BT Steel Curtain. That's the end, dude. All for today. We will see you next week. <laughs>